0: This episode is brought to you by Third Eye Cacao. We're so happy to have a brand new sponsor. We want you to support our sponsors because they make these shows possible. Third Eye Cacao is on a mission to preserve ceremonial grade cacao in the world and invite others on a journey from their head to their heart. Cacao is a fruit where chocolate comes from and is one of the most nutrient dense superfoods on the planet it has been called the elixir of the gods for its ability to open up the heart studies have shown that the same endorphins that get released when you are falling in love for the first time cacao has the power to induce also it's like the best feeling in the world and cacao has that for you here at third eye cacao overall cacao has the powerful ability to begin any day with intention and ceremony. Use promo code TIMEWHEEL, that's T-I-M-E-W-H-E-E-L, at checkout and save 11% at thirdeyecacao.com. This episode is also brought to you by Sheath, the underwear of legends. It is the underwear with the dual pouch system one pouch for one part of the male anatomy another for the other part of the male anatomy not only is the underwear the most comfortable underwear you'll ever wear but it also has the most stylish designs and patterns the fabrics actually have a cooling effect when you put them on for the very first time your body will thank you because it's one of the hottest parts of your body so cooling it down with these special fabrics that Sheath provides is a nice experience. The proof is in the pudding. We have a 100% money back guarantee on the very first pair. If you don't like it, we'll send you your money back. Go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code RPG and save 20%. We appreciate your support. Back to the show. Welcome to the RPG podcast and we are live oh God, presented by Shape, a Time Wheel production. Thank you, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Robert Patton Global Podcast. I am your host, Robert Patton, Bobby the Bank. And I'm here with an awesome new friend, Jesse Merle. He's the host of a great new uh, YouTube channel, Jesse on Fire. I was just watching some of the videos. I'm on fire. I'm very excited to be talking to you. Thank you for joining me, sir. You are very welcome. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So cool. Yeah, Robbie, Rob Bernstein connected us. And uh, I, I did you just join the Gas Digital Network or are yeah. you kind of just?
1: I did it's like so I did uh I did Bisbing uh show a couple times. And uh yeah, I think I'm actually gonna let Gas do my do my podcast. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yes the Jesse on Fire, we were wa- I was watching earlier and you were talking about how I guess uh Sank from yeah. the Young Turks it was, it was talking shit about Bill Maher and Joe Rogan shaming yeah. uh shaming over what, what are our
1: rules on uh
0: No rules. All right, yeah. No so words. that fucking guy, he's like
1: that guy is like there's there's nothing that aggravates me more than disingenuous people. It's like there there are lots of people that kind of vomit out a bunch of utter empty nonsense, but if they at least believe the shit that they say, then I kind of dislike them 9 out of 10. If they are stone dishonest actors, then they Get kicked up to ten, and and sank is one of those guys. Like he's just the worst. He's the worst. But he is so delusional. Like he he came out and said that he thought that he would win in a fight against Joe Rogan, and uh, and that was and that this is before he you know got bombarded with a bunch of information that he should have done research on prior, which was like, oh, you have a better chance of uh, you know getting hit like, by lightning. <laughs> there's like there's there is no scenario in 100 million pies where you beat joe rogan in a fight ever like you know, no he'll break the ribs he'll strangle you to death he, he will he'll be like a, a lion playing with food yeah and, kick him uh, in half yeah kick him in half and then strangle him to death yeah but he's <laughs> a, like but he's got a real big hard on for joe cuz joe's really popular uh this guy considers joe right wing which is bizarre to me to begin yeah. with but
0: I mean, yeah. I used to be right-wing. I used to be like, go George Bush. I joined the, the army. I went to Iraq. And, um, and I'm, I'm kind of right-wing. I'm conservative on certain things, but I smoke weed and do mushrooms and, like, am open to whatever. You do you. I'll do me. I'm not trying to conserve you. I'm trying to just conserve, like, I think what the good shit about America. And then I guess there's – we can always do better. But, like yeah. – it's going in the, these weird directions of, of focusing on these super minorities instead of like hey why don't we focus on them what the majority want kind of maybe a little bit or am i crazy well
1: i think we call that the the common
0: sense party which i think
1: all of us are a part of you know like the like the joe joe rogan's bill maher certainly me it sounds like you too it's like just throw a common sense position in front of me and I'm with it, dude.
0: Like yeah, and honesty, just being honest and, and yeah. not spewing nonsense. When you when you hear these news outlets all saying the same exact phrase, like unprovoked, unprovoked. I started getting I was like, this sounds like it was provoked to me. If you're saying if everyone's saying unprovoked, I don't buy yeah. it. Yeah, I mean that I mean, one
1: like to just as and like there's just they're just so fundamentally dishonest and also Mm -hmm. so transparent what they're trying to do it's like like the the thing that that you know conjured the most recent thing i i've I've stuck my dick down sank's throat at least four or five times every time that he does anything at rogan i just can't help myself and really i don't even know rogan yet but like it's just one of those things where i feel like he's my friend and so when they fuck with him i'm like well i'm just gonna respond as if you were talking to one of my buddies you know yeah but uh but yeah, like, I mean, Rogan and Bill Maher, you know, to the to the common sense point, all these the, the point they made is they were like, what is this body positivity shit? Right, like, right. it's unhealthy, obviously. And no one's no one's saying that you're, you know, you're an asshole to people who are overweight. You're just saying, like, let's not pretend like it's a life choice. It's like it's an unhealthy way to live that you should be trying to improve on. And on the covid side to, to not mention that almost 80% of all COVID deaths were with people who are obese is bordering on criminal. Like you should, that the world should know that so that people can best prepare themselves to not die of COVID.
0: Right. Yeah. Leaving that, leaving that out is criminal, like you said, it's
1: unbelievable. And then so saying that conversation and basically said that Rogan and Bill Maher were were making fun of fat people and saying that they were the real problem in America and that they were shameless. It's just, it's such a completely laughably dishonest take that you're know, like, I know he's a fucking idiot, but he's not that dumb. Like he yeah. obviously is intentionally misleading. Whoever would listen to him and not actually go listen to the clips.
0: It's like saying horse paste, you know, he's yeah. taking horse paste. They're intentionally leading you down a path to make you know, Rogan seemed like he's an asshole or bad guy when, and even the the N-word, you know, that whole thing. They, t- I heard, I, I've listened to at least like the first thousand Joe Rogan episodes. I, I can't keep up anymore, but I, I used to listen to every single episode and I heard all of those in context and he was never, you know, calling anyone that. He was just saying instances where it, you know, it comes up and you say the word instead of the N word. And then it's, you know, you probably, you know what I'm talking about. Of course. If you're just, you're, it's a Joe Rogan is a, uh,
1: he's an explorer of, of knowledge in the human experience. And if you got a word that has impact like that, you, that's certainly a conversation he's going to end up having. And he's yeah. a fucking idiot.
0: Dude. Like yeah. an
1: idiot. So like, that's a word that's going to exist in his world. And like, To cut it together look like i've i've become what i would consider to be like a sharpshooter when it comes to recognizing when something has been dishonestly edited it's like Mm -hmm. it's so obvious to me instantly
0: instantaneously i mean i know it's like my antenna my antenna are up too i'm i'm not not falling for this shit anymore and not and and, and, because i fell for it in a way you know again i you know uh weapons of mass destruction, you know, I mean, and we were all probably on board and let's go get those motherfuckers and all that. And I went and I did, and we, and I did the damn thing. But looking back, it's like, Oh, you guys were just trying to get that oil money. Okay. That's, it is what it is, but I'm, I've been fooled once. I'm just, I'm not gonna um, just fall for it. like, Like I used to.
1: Yeah. And on me, it was on the other side where it was like, you know, like i never i never i would never say i'm on this side or that side because i just it always just seemed like a shortcut to thinking i'm like i don't need someone to tell me what my opinion on things are like i can look at each thing and then tell you okay well in this case i agree with these people in this case but in actuality when i was growing I mean my my parents are democrats so like you know like i would say i'm a i'm a i'm an independent i've been saying that forever yes. but in actuality I like there was never really a scenario. I would have voted for a Republican for a long time. And then the Russiagate thing happened and I watched that stuff. Like I watched it all. Like I was watching Mm it and I I don't understand how everybody was And I was like, dude, this is like a living spy novel. This is the best story ever. But throughout it, I was like, I'm looking around and I'm like, if this ends up not being true, then, then, then the deep state and all this shit's real. Like if, Mm -hmm. if, if the Mueller report comes back and, and Trump is clean then i know what side are the bad guys like see? there's never been a dividing line where it's like bottom line evidence if he's clean then they're all dirty and so when they're all came, dirty he was clean i, was, I mean it's just instantly you could just triangulate all of it you're like msnbc dirty cnn dirty every single person who was even remotely near this thing is dirty and then you start thinking through all this stuff and then you, and then covid happens and you're like oh my god i can see the world exact for what exactly what it is now like i can see yeah. exactly this and it was like like people who bought into the russia thing and then post mueller report and post covid are still on that side you're like what fucking movie are you watching dude like how Mm -hmm. could you figure out what what this is yet it's like it's like
0: well and like what i've come to realize which it sounds like you have also is they're all full of shit they're all in together they're all working i mean I've said it before, the CIA has infiltrated like CNN, probably even Fox and all the different news networks. And they're probably – Don Lemon probably is a fucking CIA agent. And, uh, you know, if not, he's got – says whatever they tell him to say. Exactly. And uh, so it's not even worth watching anymore. I get my news from like Russell Brand and Rogan and and Dave Smith and these – I have my own like people I watch, and soon, not necessarily to get my news from you, but I was watching like MMA news. It sounds like you are hitting that. Is that kind of what you're? We'll we'll switch it a little bit to you and your podcast, your YouTube channel, Jesse on Fire, which seems to be on fire. It's you've you've been growing pretty rapidly. Is that yeah? Yeah, yeah blew up about it. It it's. So my
1: so basically my story was this like yeah so i did a couple of reality shows when i was younger and people were always like dude you have to do youtube like you will blow up on youtube you have to do it i'm like all right i just didn't understand first of all you can't build on youtube like if you have no profile youtube you're not just gonna like start a youtube start talking and grow organically that's that's not going to happen anymore like you have to do it for
0: like five years
1: (laughs) you you have to get off the ground somewhere else and then you have to go because you have to grow somewhere else drive people over like there there's a certain base level that you need to get to to where it'll start to grow organically and like so i tried for a little while like you know and, and i just wasn't getting anywhere and so i kind of fell off of it and then TikTok started and i was like you know what i can i can dedicate i can do a video every single day on tiktok and mm-hmm. so i did that and i blew up on tiktok and then oh. so i started using uh i started using like kind of specific tactics to drive tiktok people over to youtube and then i got up to about you know i don't know call it like 2000 subscribers and once you get there if you can if you're consistent you can blow up like but you oh. need like to get to that point like 2000 3000 subscribers and then that cuz that's enough people to where if you have consistent viewers that will trigger the algorithm to have them show you to more incremental people but like um i blew up about a year ago like i, I got i got to i like i grinded my way to 10,000 subscribers in my first nice. year oh, and nice. and like right at about a year and i was posting every single day that's when i blew up like where all of a sudden i got started getting like you know wider attention so i got is this
0: tiktok or youtube sorry youtube YouTube. Okay,
1: good. Oh, TikTok had like three hundred thousand. followers. What were, I, you,
0: what were you talking about on TikTok to get that going? Just so initially,
1: I was talking about mixed martial arts, and then I started telling stories. Like I just started telling old stories, you know, like nice. I tell stories about like you know street fights that we got in, or like you know girls that I fucked, and like just <laughs> shit that I knew, like my you know my kind of audience would want to hear. Just because you know I'm I'm pretty good at telling a story, and so like yeah. and uh, and so it blew up there, and then when I moved to YouTube, I tried to kind of do all the things like where I was like, okay, I'll talk about MMA. I'll tell stories. I'll talk about politics. And on, on YouTube, that shit doesn't work. Like you need to be like, you know, so then so I turned Jesse on fire into just pure MMA. Okay. And that one, yeah. So it took me a year to get to 10,000. And now literally two days ago was my two year anniversary. And now I'm at 62,000. So I grew up, I went 10,000 my first year and then an additional 52,000 in my second year. And then I started a second channel um, about a year after that, which is Jesse on everything, where I talk about like stories and politics and all that. And I've got about 17,000 subscribers there. But that one, that one's not like YouTube is not going to organically help you with a channel that focuses on Leah Thomas's dick in the locker room. You know what I mean? It's just not, it's not uh content that you're gonna throttle however i can drive a lot of people from you like my one youtube over there and stuff but
0: yeah no that sounds funny uh leah thompson she's the swimmer the and it's yeah. just she was a u-pin she swam for u-pin as a dude for three years yep. and then switched over to the female team that's fair number one in the world she yeah went 140
1: the world. number one yeah she? And she was always a woman. You're like, she's always a woman, is she? And they're like, yeah. You're like, you realize she's still attracted to girls. They're like, what do you mean? It's like, well, she still has a dick, and she's still attracted to women, and she's on the UPenn swim team, and they have the girls in the locker room with her, like whatever, with this person. What if and she's
0: fucking one of those girls? That'd be. That's, kind of whole, that's
1: exactly what I said. That, that was what my video was about. Like that's that's, that's hilarious. The that the most views on on that one I just did a couple weeks ago, where it was like. These, these girls, these like college girls that were fucking high school students six minutes ago are in the locker room naked, like bending over, like changing and stuff. And they went to the school. They're all, they're like, dude, this is like, she's got a dick and she's attracted to us. Why is she in the locker room with us? Like with us naked. And the school is like, fuck you. You're transphobe.
0: Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. What
1: are you talking about, dude? Yeah. You How can't can raise authority
0: an issue without being like labeled this kind of, you can't just say something reasonable like this isn't cool without and now you're a fucking transphobe relax i'm not a transphobe i i no. i know a couple and i they're good people and i've had great conversations with them but that's oh. not what we're talking about
1: yeah and they wouldn't be in the girls locker room with a hard-on when the girls had complained about
0: it you know oh man like, yeah that's crazy. And they're like, I'm just thinking like, I wake, you wake up with a hard on, if you get a hard on in the locker room, that's like, a, that's too much.
1: Especially when you're in there with a bunch of like really young college girls. Like, yeah. And when you think about like, and think about this too. Like, cause
0: I have three daughters. I've I have a daughter this. in college. Yeah. Like I just thought of that. As you said that she's 21, she just turned 21. And I would be like, I do not, I would not feel comfortable with that as of a father.
1: Yeah. And think about what kind of girls, are college athletes, like like a college athlete. Those yeah. are not like, those are not party girls. Like no. those are girls who are like, they're fucking athletes. And then they're like, yeah. listen, I really don't feel comfortable being naked in front of this person. And they're like, too bad, bitch. You better go uh, fuck. Like, In the video, I was like, it's literally like the school's like, you know, listen, if Leah tells you to bend over a little slower when you're getting dressed, that's what you do. It's like just anything for Leah, dude. Anything for Leah.
0: Right. Yeah, and
1: you think it's impossible that Leah's just a crazy ass dude that was like, I could say I'm a girl and then I could be naked in the lock I
0: mean, that, that all just, kind of hairbrain ideas come into people's heads, and they might be like, I'm nobody, I could be somebody. Yes, I, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're oh, doing oh. coke one night, and you're just like, you get this, ooh, I gotta, yeah, this could be good. <laughs> yeah. What if I just said I was?
1: What if I just said I was trans? Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be it's like, Dude, it's so funny because, like, uh, I mean, the, what honestly would would really break the entire argument if you really wanted to just end this argument, you just do exactly what Leah Thomas does, except after a year of people bitching, and you're Leah Thomas, you come out and be like, Yeah, I just did this to prove a point. Are you guys fucking serious? Yeah. You guys are literally just going to let me fucking win everything? That shatters the whole thing. Like, that would, that would, be be, that would be like the whole thing. Everyone would just be like, because all the advocates, you know, all the, the, they would just be like, "Oh," and he's like, "You really were defending this? I had my dick out in the locker room. I was beating girls by forty seconds. You had my back on this. What the hell's wrong with you guys?"
0: Yeah, what defend the women. Like, yeah. oh, but she—I am defending a woman. She's a woman. No, not no. I'm talking about the 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 birthers. The, the little girls,
1: like the little yeah. girls that you're telling Seriously. to suck it up and get like second, third place, and also don't worry about the sexual urges of the dude in here that's you know grew his hair out like yeah
0: it's bananas we're living in strange times and i'm hoping that somehow it like folds back together because it's kind of coming undone and like with the financial aspect of you know inflation and um just wars and covid and bickering amongst each other and like banning people from talking and saying shit i mean this thing with elon musk where he's trying to buy twitter is pretty sweet if he can like turn it back into a free speech kind of platform that would he'll, be never nice. be able
1: to, he'll never be able to pull this off and it makes me think that this was his plan all along was this is, this is about money uh, like i think it's possible he recognized like these people will pay anything to keep control of the narrative. So why don't I just go in and buy 10% of the company and then I'll pretend like I want to buy it. They'll, they'll bid up the stock price and like, you know, cause I, I I mean, it'd be a brilliant play. Cause there's like, I don't know how much you know about like how the Saudi, like Saudi Arabian government, but like it's the the whole entire Saudi population. They get like almost all their news through Twitter. Uh That's why the crown prince is one of the largest shareholders in Twitter. And he has, uh, Oh God, what's the, I think he, I think the name, he has this army of Twitter people, thousands of them that all work for him and they will, you know, they'll make anything trend. Cause you know, if you've got 10,000 people that on the drop of a dime will promote any hashtag, you can make anything go. Mm-hmm. And so he calls them his bees. Like they're his bees. And so like six bees on them. And yeah. Then, so- if like a story comes out that, that makes him look bad, he puts a counter story out and has all the bees promote it with a new hashtag. And he gets impressed. like he controls the entire national narrative with Twitter. And so like and that's exactly what these fucks are trying to do on the global scale where it's like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop has a video of him with a prostitute saying that the Russians have another one of his laptops and they're probably going to use it to blackmail him. And and Twitter fucking makes it, you can't share that story. You're all, God, I remember something about a pee tape that was supposedly the biggest story in the history of the world. We have the actual fucking tape here. I've, have you watched that tape?
0: No, it? no. Uh, you're talking about the dossier, the, the, referring to the Trump dossier. I mean, that they There's were like, it was a scandal for like two years.
1: Right. They're saying, yeah, there's a there's a video of Trump, you know, and these hookers are pissing on the bed and he's like all down with it, which was a lie. And mm-hmm. now on the Hunter Biden laptop, there's a fucking video of him talking to a prostitute about the fact that he has multiple missing laptops and mm-hmm. that the government has one of them. And she's like, are you worried that they're going to use it against you? And he's like, of course, my dad's running for president. I've seen the video. Like, I'm not making this up.
0: I've fucking seen. it." Wow. I've- OK, I didn't see I that. Like, no.
1: It's like, dude, th- that's not a that's that's a story that every person in America hasn't heard, or everyone in the world. It's like so the, the pretend one every single person on earth knows about, and the real one no one knows about. It's fucking unreal.
0: It's like they will if they're if if they're doing something wrong, like you just said, they'll It's like they'll turn it around and say that the other side is doing that same thing that they're do they're doing, and it like to throw the. Suspicion off of them, it's but it's so obvious to people like us, I think, sometimes where it's like, but you're the one that did the thing that you're saying they did, like, yeah, you're my and the rest of the population that don't really have time to you know worry about stuff like this, just they see the headline and then that's all they get, so it's working, whatever this cabal is are, are doing to control the narrative i and like you said with twitter you know elon and i don't know i, I like elon well so i, I, I love, love elon okay it, so i was you know i think it's genuine that he wants to you know free twitter and make it you know free speech kind of platform sure again if could. yeah yeah but what you said like they've already i already saw the news they the board uh they adopted this what they call a poison pill and so that he, they have the right to buy the shares at a cheaper price to make sure that he doesn't do a hostile takeover and he's now he's coming back saying you're not doing the shareholder you're not you know you're not looking at the best interests of the shareholders if you're trying to sell the stock at a cheaper price so it's this kind of back and forth and I'm, you know, I'm siding with him as of right now for Me sure. Do.
1: I'll always side with him because they're the bad guys. Like, there's yeah. no like middle ground on this. Like, they, the the group that is that has their fucking fingers in Twitter, those are the bad guys. Like, they're those are like the World Economic Forum, all those fucks, Vanguard, all of those are the yeah. bad. guys By yeah. definition, yeah. Pfizer. Because it's all- not
0: a profitable. It's not even a profitable platform. I've tried to advertise on there. I've tried to give Twitter my money. Oh it doesn't work. So
1: the, it, yeah, the, the value of Twitter is not measured like a regular business. That's mm-hmm. they'll pay fucking anything to keep that out of Elon's hands. Like they will pay anything to get like if, if Elon offered to buy that company for $200 billion, they wouldn't let him do it. Like they won't allow it to happen because the, the implications of them having a total lack of the flow of information
0: mm-hmm.
1: is, is well beyond a couple hundred billion dollars. You're talking like, you're talking the entire global infrastructure that's Mm -hmm. why i knew as soon as he started doing it i'm like there is no fucking way they're gonna allow this to happen because vanguard do you know how much money vanguard has under under management
0: i would assume trillions
1: (laughs) i don't know seven trillion dollars and blackrock has like eight trillion between the two of them 16 trillion dollars that they have under management and those guys own pfizer they own all these like there's like It's all intertwined. There's absolutely no fucking way they will relinquish control of Twitter. It will not happen. It won't happen.
0: Who? I mean, I hear. I keep hearing about BlackRock and they're buying all these housing um, developments. So, and they're. I think they're the ones under Schwab. I can't can't think of his name. The dude. Klaus. Klaus. Yeah, Klaus. Klaus Schwab is the founder of the World Economic Forum, and he's the one that said, "You'll in 2030 you'll own nothing. You'll be happy about it." And. Okay, and so and then and then you have BlackRock buying up all these houses, and I'm sitting Mm -hmm. here kind of feeling lucky that I got a house right before COVID um, Mm -hmm. like happened, and the prices went up because I I guess they're buying all of these houses and raising the the, the, inflation too. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah, and it's a it's a very strange time because if they raise interest rates, then the value of my house will actually go down because Mm -hmm. the Cost to pay for you know that mortgage exactly. would go up and all that. So, but I'm pretty happy. I'm gonna just stick with my house. But
1: uh yeah, I'm I'm never gonna sell this house. I I, I live in a I live in a house in Round Rock, and uh, yeah, that plan is to never sell this thing. Like we'll just if we if we move, we'll just buy a different house and we'll we'll rent this one out. And like yeah. there's yeah, I mean like that's what I think. What I think what BlackRock is doing is they're looking at the the lay of the land and they're going like real estate is not going to become more affordable there's not going to be a world where all of a sudden this new generation of like millennials and gen z are going to have enough money to buy real estate so they're like we're looking at a generation of renters coming like it's so if there's a generation of renters then there's also who owns the stuff that they rent and that's like your best case scenario like if you're you know in terms of like building wealth you borrow money from the bank you buy a property You, you know, like, so let's say you need $150,000 to put down on a house, you put down 150 K that's the big blocker for most people. They can't do it. But Mm -hmm. if you can't, then you could borrow the remainder, you know, and then you stick someone in your house. You've got a whatever $2,800 total all in mortgage and someone else is paying that. And they, you know, they live there for 20, 30 years. They pay your mortgage off. You never pay a dime except for, and then you've got the, you know, and the house is now worth $2.5 million. I mean, it's like, it's, it's a, it is a simple equation. It's just yeah. and the barrier, the barrier to entry is the down payment. It's just mm-hmm. that simple. And most people can't, they can't build. It's hard for me. Like, I need to like, sometimes I forget. It's like, do you only like, I remember when I was younger and I was, I was friends with this guy who had a fuck of money. Like, like, you know, his his a uh, generational wealth from like the I won't say it just in case, but like, but from a big company, everyone knows. And then he also took his money, built more company. And he was talking about like, cause I like, and he was like, dude, you just, he's like, you don't even remember what it's like to struggle. He's like, once, once you make money, you don't even remember what it's like. Now that's not true. In my case, I do remember what it's like, but I do forget sometimes like where I'm just kind of like, oh, Hey, let's go do fill in the blank to like a big group of people. And they're like, dude, we can't fucking afford to do that. dude." And I, and I'm like, I'm like, fuck, that's true. Like it's, you just get used to what, like the human condition is you get used to wherever you're at. And then you measure, you measure your experience against your current status, you know, like where it's like a person who could be living in basically the ultimate lap of luxury can still experience like negative feelings about their life because humans are fucked in the head. You know,
0: it's never enough. Yeah. You get, you get, Kind of comfortable with the status quo, and you have your your Tesla and your Porsche, and that those are just they become your normal car and your house is this mansion, and you're like, you find something else you want, yeah, and because some some other little thing is always going to creep in to your head, and I there's something wrong with us where we always find a problem no matter what. You want to know what I think it is? Like I actually
1: have a theory on what it is. I think it's a I think it's an I think it's like a biological evolutionary like trait whereby you know before the industrial evolution there was never a human being that knew for sure that they would have enough food and shelter for the rest of their life no matter what right like that just was not a thing that existed like even the most powerful person in the region was was subject to like a bad crop or like uh you know like a lack of animals or whatever and then like you know so like the 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 instinct to hunt and get food. And, and that stress hormone was about survival. Nowadays, when people get into a position where like, they have everything they could possibly need, they still have that same instinct and how it manifests is like, Oh, well I have a fucking you blow, but I really, I really, really want a Rolex sky dweller. Also it's so expensive. I can't fucking get it. You know, it's 40 grand and you're like, like a regular person's like, What the fuck are you talking about, dude? Right. Yeah. Like I would, I would suck a dude's dick for the watch you have on your wrist. Right. And I just think it's like this broken instinct that people have related to, related to hunter, you know, hunting and gathering and like, Mm -hmm. and the, and survival. I also think that's why people who get really wealthy go completely fucking crazy. Like if they know, if they know they are for sure set for the rest of their life, I think it like breaks the human experience.
0: You need to stay working. I mean, you can't just quit. Like, you, no matter how much money you have, you gotta stay toiling and, and busy because that just the empty hands or what are or the devil's playwork or whatever yeah. uh, idle hands and you'll just like you said uh, go crazy. Um, I was I took like the last two years off. We stayed at the house, and it was granted it was COVID and and the first quite a while was was nice but after a while i was like okay i need to get back to just working with my hands and get out in public and so did, did you just, sell a company no i actually br- opened a store with the company so we we were outsourcing everything everyone else was doing it for us and i would just sit at home and play chess and read and work out and all this type of thing and now we actually opened a store so i'm and it's a warehouse so i d- uh work in the warehouse i ship out orders and you know just do normal kind of shit when people come in the in the store we talk to them and it's just it's not you know like physical labor per se but it's it's getting out and it's doing something and and it it, bringing it back in-house also gives me a better understanding of where we're at with stuff i really enjoy it i'm out here i'm looking at our warehouse as i speak over the computer monitor and I can tell, oh, we're out of that, and we have a bunch of this, and oh, we have a bunch of that, but it's not on the website. You know, let's, you know, something with the inventory, and, and then that'll. So I have more control over it, and it's it's a small business, so it's kind of cool to be in the middle of it.
1: Still. A company will never run as as well as it could if you have someone who genuinely like deeply cares about the success of the company versus a highly competent person who's being paid to do it
0: yeah i love it i don't i mean it's my someone more competent than me wouldn't care about it as much as i do yeah. i think it's kind of what you're saying and i you're gonna say it's a baby right it is and it but it's also alive and it's grown and it's like a, it's a little teenager hey like if i did if i did leave and die or whatever i mean this thing would live on because it's yeah. taken on a life of its own which is pretty sweet that's a big that's a big hurdle uh that's a big like for a bit and you know like i
1: i don't think anybody can really understand the like you know where it's like that's that's their baby thing they just can't understand what it feels like to actually build something that like is like was was just an idea that you had and then you're like, then you're out and you're doing a document, you know, and you're like, okay, here's a business plan and it's nothing. And then you're like, here's a design, here's our logo. And you literally build this whole thing out of nothing that then becomes this thing as a life of its own. It's like, I did like if, if, if people have never done it, just can't understand. Like they can't understand how much it can matter to you. Like where it doesn't feel like work. Your, your eyes are red, whatever they're like, do you get some sleep? And you're like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm fine. Like I, I, this is what I want to be doing. Like
0: this. Oh, I love is it. The, yeah. Yeah. What uh, do you, I heard you say on your podcast that you have a regular job? Is that accurate? I do. Yeah. Like I talk about this all the time. It's
1: like so I uh, so I built so I built a fantasy sports company. Well, I did a couple of things. Like I built a desk open company. I sold out of that. Then I built a fantasy sports company. Sold out of that. Then like the job that I have now is in like high tech automation. And it's one of those things I was just talking to people about this the other day. Like, or I was like, dude, if I, if I made less money, I would quit. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just yeah. one of those things where it's like, you know, I work, I work big fucking deals and it's like, and at a certain point though, like are you in sales,
0: day, are you in sales? Yeah, yeah. I'm an
1: account executive. And then, okay. And I, yeah. you know, I work these huge tech enterprise deals, but then I also, um, I also am launching this other project on this other So like, like when my accountant does my taxes, he's like, this is not normal. dude. Like, it's not normal for you to have like, like, yeah, I'd like, I think I have like six different sources of income or something. It's actually, well, I'm shutting one of them down, like six. And it's like, and we're just about to launch this huge, like, uh, well, two, actually, Jesus Christ. I didn't even think. Yeah. Anyway. So I have a lot of <laughs> shit going on, I have a lot of shit going on, but like the thing that's tough is like, I can't help, but like back into the math, I'm like, okay. So if I did resign, like, can I, you know, like I I do nothing but work, but I can do all of the things that I'm doing. So it's like, so if I did quit, how long would it take me to recuperate whatever, you know, 35 K a month or something, you know, like, like, like doing these other things, like how long would it take me to get there? And plus like, you know, I've benefits, I have three kids and stuff. And so it's, yeah, that's that like, that's the equation in my head all the time. It's like,
0: how you know. are you keeping it all together? Like, oh <laughs> I have no minutes off,
1: like none, none, like none. I do, like, I, I do my regular gig stuff, like early in the morning that I try to knock out videos for Jesse on five. Here's the thing. My Jesse on everything. If I didn't have a gig, I could grow that way faster. Mm-hmm. The other thing, the the other project, with I'm doing a big thing like with the Navy. I mean, I guess I could just talk about it now. I'm doing this thing with the Navy SEAL, like a group of Navy SEALs, like nice. Ed, Ed Byers, who's the Congressional Medal of Honor recipient, SEAL Team Six Master Chief, uh, Jeff Gum, Rob O'Neill, who shot and killed in luck. Oh, I
0: know Rob O'Neill. He's on Fox all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Was I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, do you know him? Know him? No, no, no! Sorry, not know him. Oh, know who yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's about you too, and then like uh, Kaj, and then like some, and then this dude Russ. Now we're doing this, we're doing this challenge coin thing that we're about to launch, This is a crypto deal, and then we're doing this NFT project Jesus. and all of that. Like, I definitely could allocate more time to to that if I, but I'm I'm out of minutes, man. I also have, like I have daughter in jujitsu, like three, you know. I'm married to a dime piece that needs some, uh, you know, attention. I just I have no
0: minutes, like none. So you don't, like, self-care, meditate, any kind of weird, anything? I just, no, just I mean, I, I I do jujitsu, although I got injured. Oh, yeah. did you? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm actually
1: just now better. Like, I was out for six weeks, dude.
0: It's the first you time I've ever joined? been injured. Like a shoulder or something, or what? I'll show you. I'll show you
1: the injury. It's on tape. All right. I uh, So I was, I was basically… It's kind of hard to see a little bit, but like, you can see, so oh, oh, wrong way. Oh, fuck it. Anyway, whatever. I was on, I was on top of this dude and he had my, he had my foot trapped in half guard and he left his arm up. And so I was going to, I was grabbing an arm and I was going to pass and then just go directly into an arm bar. But the, the guy's 260 pounds. So I grabbed his arm. He's a wrestler. So, you know, he's, he's good. And as I got my, my leg out, he kept it trapped just long enough to where he swept me. And I mm-hmm. also, but I held onto the arm and I just went head first smashed into the, into the gym, uh,
0: into the mat. Yeah. Like, did you play football? I have, I did. I do tried you know? out. I, I hated it. <laughs> I was, <too> <laughs> <long>. <laughs> do you know what a stinger is? I like, get hit really hard. Oh yeah. Like,
1: like it's like where we get hit. It. Like if they, they go helmet like this. And if their helmets hit and then their neck kind of smashes like this and you get nerve damage down, down your neck. uh uh-uh. So that's exactly what happened to me. Like I like my neck hit and it was like a neck injury. Like I can't even it was it was a really bad stinger that took it took a I couldn't feel hot or cold on my neck or shoulder for a month. Like you could just stick ice on it and I wouldn't feel it. Wow. It was like
0: yeah. Is it's, it's the I- first
1: time in my entire life I knew I was injured, like injured instantly.
0: Uh, yeah that's horrible uh, any kind of injury that's like nagging and is oh, bad enough but if, if it's around your like your neck and your back or whatever that's like the worst because yeah kind of need that to function for sure
1: i couldn't i couldn't like turn to
0: like to to i you know obviously i have a back
1: out camera in my car but what about you do you guys uh like do you do meditation or you do jits or
0: yeah know? i i tr- i train um when i can so typically i live in the mountains kind of far from a lot of people i'll have people Where? come up in woodland park uh colorado oh nice it, it's there's seven thousand people here but anyone i know does not live in this vicinity so i have a dude that used to train at team alpha male his name is david acosta he actually is the producer for this and he's not here but um he he was a professional fighter and he comes and works with me if he's can't come i'll just i do you know like shadow boxing and yeah. um Just for the fitness aspect of it, I really enjoy that. And then I do—I meditate every day. I get up first thing in the morning and meditate. But it's kind of like I'm still like waking up. But what it does is, it just—I feel like I'm charging when I'm when I'm sitting there. I'll feel like all of these pulsating um, pulses, I guess, in my belly, in my in my brain, in every in like in between, and. I'm just, I'm just sitting there and it feels like I'm in nirvana. I'm like sitting in a, in a warm tub. So you enjoy it. Universal nectar, yeah. And, and I do enjoy the meditating. If, if you're not it's enjoying really it, then you're not doing it right. You're yeah, not doing I'm, it right then. then. I'm not doing it right. Because if, if you're really like, yeah, you're like sitting there and you're trying to keep your back straight or whatever. Like I do what's called transcendental meditation. I went to like a yogi and he taught me how to do it and pay a couple hundred bucks. It's worth it. I love it. I, and I, you know, for like ten years after getting out of the army, I couldn't sleep. Um, I would sleep like on and off. It'd take me like ten hours to get like six hours of sleep, and yeah. and I was just in pain. And I went. I so rough, man. Yeah, it, it, but now I'm sleeping like almost too much, you know. And I've and I've only been doing this meditation since December because like shit was getting. Crazy, like with the business and stress, and yeah, the future. It's like I, it was all too much, and and we were paying everyone. Like last year was insane. We made like made a lot of money last year with with the company, but at the same time, we spent so much money. We were paying Tim Dillon, Mark Norman, Ari Shafir, like dozens of YouTubers brandon marino ufc champion of the world james kraus like, I, was like ass, I,
1: know. I went to his last
0: fight oh wow i was gonna go yeah, was, and he was lost yeah that's a close fight though dude i know yeah it was it could have gone either way of course yeah. yeah he got knocked down twice That sucks. i would love was, to see fight again though i would too and I, I like diego i mean uh davison sorry figured Davison's oh, yeah. awesome yeah the god of war he's <laughs> a body little fucker i like him dude yeah, he's he's. But then I got Marino, who just did a post for us. If you go look at his Instagram, nice. he's still he's we're still working with him. But it was it was cooler when we could say we had a champion of the world, and now we don't. But we have Don Cerrone and like all these dudes. I was like, felt like Oprah last year. I was like, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, and then shit started. I mean, you want to do stuff with any of Markel's guys? I could put you with them for sure. Like
1: like Francis Ngannou and and those and like uh, Kevin Lee uh, Khalil.
0: Mm. <laughs> Khalil Roundtree. I was just listening to him. I guess um, he he had a killer victory in this last yeah.
1: He kicked this fucker so hard. That, like I, I just hung out with him in Miami. I was hanging out with him. Wasn't it I like
0: was, a rib shot? He like he, he kicked, kicked him in the body. Like, the guy went down, and
1: as the guy was getting up, he kicked him. Was it his head where in the chest and stomach, yeah. like, like, a like yeah. a, you know, like an instep, you know, soccer kick, just
0: straight. the sound was amazing. Yeah, I still remember it. And, uh, but he was, there's this other white dude with a skinhead. He kind of looks like Bisping. Yeah. Uh, Sean Swigwin. Strickland. Thank you. And he, he was talking shit about Khalil yep. recently, which I thought was kind of funny. So, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, they're both badasses. But I mean, Khalil is a fucking monster. Strickland when he, he wants fight, dude. yeah, I don't know if he wants that fight yeah. at all. Roundtree's two five too, isn't he? He
1: could be. Sure. Yeah, I think he's a weight class bigger than Strickland. Oh, Strickland okay. would take that ass whipping like a man, though, dude. I'll tell you that
0: right yeah, now. Yeah, the way he, I like how he stays in the pocket, and he's he's like a. I like how he fights. I like how Strickland fights. Me too. He,
1: he looks. He just you could tell he's a guy who spars all day, every day. Like, yeah, Roundtree's 205. Oh, okay. Well, then. Yeah. Dude, like, round, like you, yeah. Strickland <laughs> just looks so comfortable in there. Like, he looks like he just spars all
0: constantly. Yeah. And because, like, I I box and I'm all like, kind of like my head forward a little bit, but the way he does his body type and his form is, is yeah. proper for boxing and standing up in the pocket. In MMA, for sure. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I do the same thing. Like, I, you know, like, I like to just kind of,
1: shoulders high chin in. And I do like, honestly, I did like, I got so used to it that I actually like, I do it while I'm walking around. Mm-hmm. My wife's like, What are you doing with your shoulders? And I haven't even been boxing recently. And I still like, I do it on autopilot, like where my shoulder, I always carry my shoulders high and it's like, I don't know. I think it's like the, cause you know, the way you learn to do that is get by getting punched in the face. Like it's pretty like, you know, it's, it's, it's the consequences of forgetting to do it. It's yeah. just like, it's like trauma will burn itself into your head to where you're just kind of like, oh, I guess I'll just do this all the time then, you
0: know?
1: Yeah, hard my chin
0: like this. Yeah, boxing is important. People, own, I mean, people don't give it enough credit. I think in the because everyone's like jujitsu, and that's what I where I started. And I was like, I don't need boxing. All I need is to be able to wrap somebody up and make sure I don't get like my ass kicked too bad. Because if I'm wrapped up on, you can't knock me out most likely and um but i started boxing about a year or two ago just and it's just it's fun it's good cardio it's it's it gets out your stress and just shadow boxing if you can't roll jiu then it's it's a good substitute for me yeah like, me too
1: i'm a big i mean like my favorite thing in the world is leg kicking things <laughs> a lot of <laughs>
0: like that was, was one like, the like, first things like, i learned
1: like, leg kick on a per- like you know
0: like, like oh nice yeah. I saw it. Yeah. I, saw. I just yeah, that, like I people don't know how to kick a big thump of meat like that where you're like and you're like i know that hurt <laughs> <laughs> well because some people might kick with their foot right and like and i know you you can still kick with your foot and that's part of it but like that leg kick with the shin and that yeah. where you kind of spin your torso and if it, it, there's a technique to it and i don't a lot of people don't know how to do and that. you drag
1: your leg behind so it turns into like a whip it's like you you pivot on your left foot and you kind of almost leave your leave your body behind so that you put your body where you want it to be and you let it you let your body like catch up
0: and like just, wow well you just kind of taught me something there with the with this with the slide to get that yeah. kind of whip effect i like that yeah you put your put i like, think
1: like the way i think about it is like is I, I think of like a pole almost being down the left side of my body, down my uh, down my left, that the rest of the thing is swinging around. So it's like you put your foot down, you pivot, so now your body's facing the way it's going to go, and then you let it all the way catch up, you know, like where it's like... Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Nice. Uh, what did you think? I, I was like, and I still am, but a huge Cosmot fan, even though I, I, I never watched... Yeah, um, I hadn't really watched his fights. They were really so I'd seen the highlights, and they were really fast. And but his confidence and the way he was talking and and all of this, just the build up to this fight, I was like, this dude is fucking so cool, and he still is badass, dude. But that was a fucking that was not a walk in the park. Like he he was you know Gilbert's an
1: animal though.
0: Like I've. Like, I said I said through
1: the entire buildup to this fight, I was like, even before they booked it, I was like, I can tell you probably why the UFC is dragging their feet on this fight is because Gilbert is the most dangerous guy to Hamzat in the entire division. Now, I will say, after watching that fight, I will change that to Kamaru Usman is the most dangerous guy to Hamzat because he's going to throw straight punches down the cock that are going to decapitate Hamzat if he walks I in have. there straight like that. Yeah. yeah. But... Yeah. Uh, I mean look at this is this is where for that fight I mean I've been to a lot of UFC fights I've never I have never been to one like like that before like this is how close we were
0: whoa yep nice. those are nice so
1: like we were fucking right there and uh I've been I mean so I I just in the last I went to 270 271 272 and 273 and then we're going Jesus. to 70 like I got all of them but like okay. uh but, um, I mean, just out of those ones, and you think of, like, there were some great fights in all of those cards. Like, I, I have, like, I can't, I can't even explain what it was like being in that building, man. Like, because of the stakes of that fight, you know, it was, like, you basically have the hottest up-and-comer of the last, certainly since Conor. Mm-hmm. You got, like, you throw him in the wool, like, into the wolf den with, with Gilbert Burns.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The whole place is, geez, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, and then to have the fight go off like that, like I can't even, there were five standing ovations during the fight, like not, I'm not talking like after the fight, I'm talking like they, you know, the action would stop just for a second and the whole place would stand up and just lose their mind, it was like
0: the yeah, stress could, of being I there. I could go by
1: the rest of my life and I I would be surprised if I ever see a fight that was as exciting as that one, to be physically there.
0: I, I was at Colby Usman 1 and mm-hmm. That Great. shit was fucking off, but I was like on the edge of my seat. And then when uh, I think when when Usman won, and my wife was like, "Yes," and I was like, "Fuck!" I was so pissed. And I like Usman; he's fine, whatever. But I like the trash talking, just getting everyone worked up. And I, so I, I like Colby because he gets he sells a fucking fight, dude. If if there Great. was no Colby, Usman's i he just doesn't sell fights, like you know what I mean. He's just he's he's
1: way bigger star now because yes. of Colby, for sure.
0: Exactly. And the other fight I was, I was at, and I've been to a couple more, but um, was Cowboy versus Notorious McGregor. And I was, well, I haven't been to a corner fight yet. I'm excited for that. That was the it was, it, it just happened too fast. That was that was the only problem with that one because it was yeah. like 40 seconds, and I I had just taken. I was there with Robert Oberst. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's like one of the strongest men in the world. He's been on Rogan a few times and we were having dinner right before and, he, and as we were walking in, he handed me these mushrooms pills and so we both took some like a little, just like a little microdose. But yeah. it was uh, it was surreal. <laughs> I all, it did so fast. I was like, what the fuck just happened? And then I had to go to the cowboy after party where he lost and like we had bottle service and this is like what the fuck is happening yeah it's we weird here? after party
1: for a dude lost man like uh yeah i mean like it it also depends like where like what you know like because in vegas the fight ends it's 11 in fucking in, mm. in uh, florida the fight ends is
0: two that was so crazy i could i would i would be so pissed if i was the east coaster i'd be like fuck you you're starting this thing at 10 p.m that's dude i moved from california to texas every other thing is
1: awesome except that this is the only thing that sucks is like is is sports start two hours later so like you know where i used to used to wrap up ufc 11 o'clock you do whatever now it's 1 a.m when it's over it's
0: like yeah that fucks with my sleep schedule and i like i was saying earlier i have like a sleep issue and so i really have to be on schedule or it'll just totally fuck up my cycle and so uh, but I was, you know, we were watching this weekend, and I left before the um, Alexander and Zombie fight. Even though we were sponsoring Zombie, there was this really cool footage on embedded. The very, if you watch like the embedded from last week's fights, um, the very first clip is zombie and he's sitting on the mat and he's he's got his hand wraps and he he rolls one out and it's like slow motion and it's pretty cool but he's wearing one of our shirts which was cool and then they showed him working out and he was wearing one of our shirts and he did a post for us but it was getting too late and i was I, and i be in the aljo fight with peter piotr that was mm-hmm. frustrating a little bit because it was supposed to be just like this dominating fight and then it, aljo actually Wrapped him up for two rounds, and then and then we're like, "Oh shit!" But what do you do? Like, when a fight ends the way it ended, where Piotr won the last two rounds, it's kind of weird when that it's happens, really right? Yeah. Because
1: yeah, you're kind of like, I mean, look, like, so here here was my my interpretation of that fight was uh I so I showed you where I was in that fight. Oh yeah, when, when Peter Yawn walked by. You know, pretty good at sizing people up. Just and and I, I mean, I look, I watched all the fighters. I looked at him. I was like, "That's the hardest little fucker on earth, right there." Man. Wow. You could you could hit that guy in the face with a two by four, and he would like calmly like wipe his face <laughs> and beat you to death. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he is, I text, I was texting with Anthony Smith during the fight, and I and right when he walked by, I was like, I videoed it, and I said, "I'm like, that's the hardest that that I'm all that little Siberian fucker is the hardest 135 pounds on planet Earth." Wow. and that's exactly what he is he is so hard dude like you just see it right in it like that guy does not he'll you could never break that guy like you might knock yeah. him out but he'll just wake up and be like when do we fight again like there's that guy doesn't have a breaking point at all but yeah i agree like so when i watched it i thought jan won the first round and then thus won the fight exactly and anthony was watching but it's when you know when you're there you can't see all the punches and stuff and anthony texted me that he thought Aljamain won the first, just based on effective striking. And then I watched the Weasels breakdown that went through every single one of the strikes, and Aljamain landed five strikes more than than Piotr in the first round. So, like, there you, you know, go. it's one of those. But to your point, when the fight ends with one guy fresh and beating the shit out of the other guy, and then the other guy wins, there's something extremely unsatisfactory about that. It feels, yeah, like, you know. yeah, like he's on top of you beating your
0: ass. Like- say that again? Yeah. Sorry. I
1: was like per the rules I do think Aljo won but like yeah. if it goes 6 rounds I think I mean like, like if they're just going to keep on coming out until one of them's unconscious there's absolutely no question it was going to win that fight,
0: you know. So well then the cool thing about that is Piotr doesn't lose like stock they say when cuz you lost and you're not the champion but everyone still respects you as a one of the best and and yeah, exactly. So yeah. he's not going he anywhere lose a lot of money yeah yeah those championship contracts i don't under i don't i'm not that in depth in because i think it's all public knowledge and i i heard you talking about someone's contract they're, uh c triple c they're kind of public like so the the ufc plays a cagey because they don't
1: they don't want everyone knowing what everybody makes you know yeah but basically like a basic contract like so let's say uh as an example Moreno right i'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that I, I i'm pretty sure i know Moreno's contract ballpark like so like Moreno if he is a challenger like if he's challenging for the title i think he makes about 350 or something like that nice and then uh if he is not fighting for the title it's like 120 120 or something like that but then if he's the champion without even renegotiating his contract he gets 500 base plus back end on the pay-per-view Nice. You know, so like you know, so they'll end up making close to a million bucks or whatever. But like, you know, but then when these other guys who are champion and get to renegotiate their contract, that's different. You know, like like kamaro makes I like, think two and a half or something base or something like like he makes two and a half base plus pay per view. Wow. Izzy, I have heard rumored makes four base plus pay per view. And then some of these other guys, they get these side letters. So, like, it'll be like, here's like, cause even, even still, like, when I, when I say like, Izzy gets four, like, when they disclose his pay, it'll probably say he made one. And then mm-hmm. that's a disclosed pay. And then in a side letter, he gets a $3 million bonus that no one else sees. That's, that's nice. guaranteed contract. But, uh, but I mean, everyone, everyone makes more money as a champion than whatever, like, their contract is broken out that way. So, like, even if, like, if Camaro in his contract, if he, loses the championship then you know he probably makes 500 500 or something like that
0: you know, what's like, like, what was the deal with in because
1: so francis so his situation was like he was making 300 300 right and he had been on that same contract forever okay. and they and what the ufc does is as you get kind of closer to the end date of your contract they'll offer you more you know they'll offer him something like 350 350 but he's got to sign for x number of fights and francis is just like nah I'll just keep fighting, and the UFC just underestimated him. And they were like, and so the mistake that the UFC did is they gave him that title fight against Stipe when he only had two fights left, thinking oh. that Stipe was going to win. You know, like oh. they're like, Fuck it. they're like, all right, you don't want to sign because they offered him a lot. Like they offered him, they offered him a lot to. They offered him to where, had he beat Stipe, his contract would have been a many, you know, multi-million dollar base salary. So like you'd add you know, like, like
0: better than what you were just saying about Izzy, maybe like, or somewhere. No, 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 no. Very similar. similar, very similar. Okay.
1: Like, so like, had he signed that new contract, beat Stipe, then as the champion, he would have had a very similar, you know, deal to Izzy and they didn't take it. So they let, and, and they were going to make a lot more for the, for the Stipe fight too. They didn't take it. They were like, no, nah, we're good. We'll just fight. And so Hunter and them were like, fuck you then go ahead, give it a run. And they thought he was going to lose. And then he fucking dirt naps Stepe, and now yeah, he, he has one fight left. He's yeah. making, he's got, you know, he's making 300, 300. They offered him uh, millions of dollars for that gone. Like if he would have had to resign, and he would have. Really? So they've already turned down millions of dollars for the Stepe fight, and they offered him millions of dollars for the gone fight because they know if he wins, then he's then he can coast to be a free agent because the champ clause kicks in, but he has a a definitive end date on his contract, which is in December of this year, and he can just turn down fights. Normally, if you turn down fights, it extends your contract six months every time, but he had a five-year definitive end date, so it doesn't matter. They can extend him all they want. It still ends at the end of December. And the difference also about Francis versus other guys is Francis is represented by CAA. So, Mm, you know, CAA has... uh, Exactly, with huge legal resources. And guys with you know that guys that are represented by smaller shops that don't have the legal resources to bang with ufc if the ufc tries to exercise they're like no fuck you you got it you know you're extended another six months you're gonna have to go you're gonna have to fight it in court now the ufc won't try that shit with them because they know the contract does end in five years and they know they won't be able to bang with caa and so that's why that's why they did everything they could to try to stack the decks against francis to to win that fight against gone they fucking. They threatened to sue his manager at six p.m. the night of the fight. Wow! You know, like Fuck they knew that he had an injured knee, they let him fight anyway. Now, I mean, Francis could have pulled out. He chose to do that, but the UFC knew he had like a torn MCL or whatever. They were just like, yeah, it's fine. Just go ahead.
0: Oh my god! And
1: Francis won anyway, and so now he's got the UFC by the balls. So they're going I mean, he's he's so getting- yeah,
0: yeah. What does that mean? So his contracts. He's gonna be a free agent, or right, it's or he has tough. one more fight. No more fights. Okay. No more fights. He just had so,
1: He'll be healthy by the end of the year and he'll also be a free agent in December. Tyson Fury wants to fight um, him. And so, like, right. so that's the other thing. The reason that, that that France is in an incredibly unique situation is because he's got this huge Tyson Fury. Dude, he can make 30 million dollars for that fight on on like if it does okay. He can make right. 50 to million if it does really well. And like most guys, you know, like if if most like let's say let's say uh I don't know volkanovsky was like fuck you i'm not re-signing and he becomes a free agent like he's making millions of dollars with the ufc where is he going to get more money he's not there's it's not there for him it's mm-hmm. like only v- a very select group of guys that if they were able to free themselves from the ufc could go make much more money elsewhere nate diaz moss connor well connor makes a lot of money anyway but then and like francis because of the tyson fury fight so like you have to have this really really specific set of circumstances To really put the UFC in a tough negotiating position, and Francis just happens to have all of those things working in his favor now.
0: Nice. So he'll have some negotiating um, leverage. Tremendous leverage. Okay, and okay, so that makes sense. That because of the the Tyson Fury fight. Yeah. I would love to. I want to see that. I would love to see that. I like those little crossover, little Jake Paul shit and whatever. In MMA gloves, though, give it to me in MMA. yeah but I so I know we gotta wrap, we're gonna wrap it up here. I wanted to ask like one more question about uh Usman trying to fight the boxing canelo. dude canelo but before I say that, when you're punching with the fourteen ounce gloves when you swing, it's like this extra that little bit of extra weight it's like you're holding a rock or yeah. something and you give you you can really Throw a lot harder than you could with just your regular fist. Oh, you, you know think that.
1: so? I feel like I feel like when I have big fourteen ounce gloves on, I I can feel it being it's slower. Like I feel really slower.
0: okay. I don't know. I, I feel like it's you know, like a sledgehammer, and as a, as opposed to hitting with like a whip or something. But
1: oh, I can see that. Like if you if you're if your punching style is kind of like how Conor McGregor's used to be, like where you know now he has a much more kind of crisp boxing style, but. When he used to have that Titanic power. Like people think it's because he went up a weight class. That's not what it is, dude. Like he used to, he used to low, like, kind of like what I was talking about with my kick, but he figured out a really good way of doing it with his where he would go, whoom, and just like it was almost like whap. And it was right at the end of like a whip. And yeah. so like just like what you're saying, like he threw punches like almost like a like a ball at the end of a chain.
0: Yeah. Really, really,
1: really like impressive how he did it. Cause most guys you know like they looked like they were getting struck by lightning when he would hit him with it you know
0: yeah it was it was a sight to behold um last thing quite uh, about usman and canelo and my initial theory was he didn't want to fight kozma but what do you what, I, what do you oh think? no i
1: think i think what it is is like this is my hypothesis is uh he's looking at francis and francis is set to make Fuck you money on this Tyson Fury yeah. fight. And so uh-huh. he's like, uh, how about I want some fuck you money too? You know, because the thing is like the in the UFC's defense, their business model is, is so different from boxing. Like boxing is like, it's like, oh, you got this guy who's got a big following. You got this guy who's got a big following. And they just throw this big event and then they split the money. Right. Like the UFC is this enormous machine, like a huge machine. It's a real company that has all kinds of things working to make Turning. the show incredible yeah yeah and the and the fighters are interchangeable as as bad as that sounds it's true i was just talking to michael chandler about that the other day like like uh, in an interview i haven't posted yet but like at the end of the day almost all the fighters are interchangeable it's like you know they threaten to sit out like john jones like i'll just sit out and, you know she's like okay like, <laughs> we're like you've affected our business zero dude Yeah, like, like you're we have you locked under contracts there's nothing you can do And you, and, and your absence has impacted our bottom line zero.
0: So like, yeah, you're uh, running out your own clock. He's running out his own clock kind of, yeah, exactly. And he Um, really is.
1: And it's like, and you know, I mean, they might, they might make a deal and pay you a little bit more, but like, as soon as you, if you're John Jones, you're like, I'm not coming back for less than blah, blah, blah. You may as well have said to the UFC, like, like that's the worst way to negotiate with them because now right. they're setting precedent. Like if they pay you, then everyone's going to do what you did, so they can't. Like
0: negotiating you. with terrorists. Sorry. Exactly
1: what, That's this yeah. exact from my views. I
0: okay. said the US
1: not negotiate with you because they, they, they don't negotiate with terrorists.
0: Uh, let's. See. Did the exact same thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, he walked okay. and then held out, and they're like, "Fuck you, bud."
0: Yeah, who who held out? What Judo. Like he, you know, when
1: he was he was the hundred and twenty five pound champ and the hundred and thirty-five pound champ, and he's all I guess I'm retired. And they were like, God, oh. like, oh, he was gonna hold their feet to the fire. And yeah. they were like, Oh, you just retired, they're all cool. Well, have you looked at your contract? Cause you just relinquished like 70% of your pay. That's right. And and like and and that's because Bantamweight and uh and 125 were were in kind of rough spots at that point. They like Cejudo thought, like, oh, what are they gonna do without me? And it's like, well, what ended up happening is now you have two badass divisions. With
0: wow. lots of big guys, wow. they're Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to see what happens when he comes back. I, I, he might get met with an with a, an iron fist. We'll see. We'll see. Spends but yeah, I love his mentality. He has he has the championship kind of. He's, he's awesome. The way he yeah, I mean the way he'll he he like rehearses his fights and he walks out in in mm-hmm. like. At, he rehearses winning and everything. I, I believe in stuff like that where you like visualize it and then it turns into reality. Okay. So cool. right on, man. Thank you so much for coming on here. This has been amazing. Super fun. It was a pleasure to meet you and get to talk you to too. you. Yeah. I'm just super happy. Congratulations
1: the, uh, success on sheath, man. I'm uh,
0: excited
1: to be on the team. It's a, uh, I'm looking forward to getting i think it's on the way now so I'll, it uh, is
0: yeah we got some stuff coming for you a bunch of a nice care package we're excited to have you you got great energy this is the exact you're the exact kind of badass motherfucker we want to be helping represent and push our product so thank you so it. much
1: thank you man
0: jesse earl jesse on fire jesse merle jesse on fire thank you so much thank you all right guys everyone um thank you for watching this is this is what we do and uh, yep. we'll see you next week. Is this gas? So you're with gas too? No, we just sponsor a lot of gas uh, stuff. Oh, we just, nice. We, we, like uh, most of their uh, podcasts, we work with them, and and I'm on what's called the Time Wheel Network, but it's uh, it's our own little in-house podcast network. Time Wheel shout out, and but yeah, they're great. Robbie's great. You might stay independent. You might work with them, and you know, and to each his to each his own. You seem like a smart, smart dude, and you know what you're doing, Brian. Yeah, you're killing it, dude. Very cool. I mean, hope maybe, maybe we can do this again in like six months or a year or something. So we can do it whenever. Is,
1: Let me know. Send me the link uh, to to when you put it because you're you're doing YouTube, right? Monday.
0: Yeah, we'll do, we'll send it, we'll put it out on Monday, and
1: uh, yeah, I'll put a else, preview and I'll put it in one of my videos and push people over there.
0: You're the man. That was so. This has been so cool. Very fun. Thank you.
1: You are very right, well. Have, have
0: a good uh, night. Enjoy the fights, and, and I'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Ben. Jackson. Bye, everyone. Later. That was fucking awesome. I'm not hitting in broadcast. That dude is the shit. Go check out his channel, Jesse on Fire. It's fun. He's got that it factor, the energy. He's talking a mile a minute and spitting, like, nutritional facts for your brain and whatnot also make sure you go to sheathunderwear.com use promo code rpg save 20 percent. and we got the third eye cacao sponsor make sure you check them out i use it every day i bought some by myself i mean on my own like they sent us some and then i bought more that's how good it is really happy to have them sponsoring the show and we're just really happy to have you watching at this point you stayed to the very end please like and subscribe comment share it and, uh, and then we'll see you next time. All right, peace.